Hey guys, welcome back to the Writer's Lens. This is Josh JCL Felto, and this is going to be episode 47, which is titled, How Do We Not, or How Do We Handle Criticism or Feedback? Uh, so this is a bit of a lengthy title, I understand, but it's something that every single writer and creative and artist does so, so well. I mean, I can speak from experience that I handle criticism and feedback just with the best of them. You know, I'm kind of in my own league, I would say, and that everything just trickles off my shoulders. I never have any issue with getting negative reviews. I never have any issues with negative feedback. I'm just always the positive Peter or whatever you want to call me. <laughs> um, uh, I just always have it together whenever I, whenever I get criticism back. Uh, wrong, of course. Um, I'm being completely facetious. The I the one the one thing that every single creative, every single artist, every single writer deals with is that horrid review that just tears into your soul and makes you feel like you're never gonna do anything ever again. Like I'm never going to pick up that pen and pad. I'm never gonna paint again. I'm never gonna write that song or, or a song. There's always that one scathing review or bit of criticism that can completely paralyze us. And I'm here today to tell you that, A, you shouldn't let that happen to you, and B, there's some things that you can do in terms of building up filters so that you don't feel the pressure to have to please everybody, first of all, because you shouldn't think that you have to please everybody with your with your creativity or with your, uh, with your work. But also, there are things that you should be looking for when it comes to getting criticism or getting kinds of feedback. And I'm going to I'm gonna talk through those in this episode. But first, uh, just kind of laying a bit of the groundwork with this episode is that, I mean, I've been writing since I was probably about, you know, seven, eight years old. I mean, I wrote little poems. I wrote little short stories. I mean, I've always just had a natural bent for telling story and just writing in general. I've always loved words and all that kind of good stuff. And from a very young age, I was always getting complimented for it. Like anytime I wrote anything down, uh, there was almost always a teacher or an adult or somebody, you know, further beyond me in age that would look at my work and go, wow, Josh, you know, you're, you're like way ahead of the curve, man. Like, or boy, <laughs> you're, you're way ahead of the curve. And, you know, if you keep this up, you know, you're going to be writing, you know, journal entries for something, or you're going to be doing scholarly articles, or you're you're going to be, uh, you know, writing a bestseller someday. And I didn't realize until I was older, but all of this sort of feeding the ego, as it were, uh, growing up and consistently doing well in English exams, and like I said, writing really good essays, really built me up onto this pedestal personally, where I thought no matter what I did, it was going to turn to gold. No matter what I wrote, no matter what I put my mind to creatively, it was always going to turn out the best thing ever, okay? The best thing since sliced bread. And the simple fact is that when I finally started publishing uh, books uh, about almost seven years ago now, the reality of that, hey, you're not always going to hit a home run, came back pretty quickly. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a, a pretty quick uh, turnabout to convince me that, look, I wasn't actually the, you know, the bee's knees uh, that I thought I was when it came to writing uh, stories or books or, or what have you. In fact, I was actually getting a bit of a taste of that before I published anything, uh, back when I was in college, and then shortly after, 
when I was finally sharing my work with my peers. Uh, because as I've said on other uh, podcasts in this, uh, um, you know, in this series, that you know your parents and your relatives and your your best friend and you know your spouse if you're married, like these people are are supposed to be your best advocates, right? Like they're the ones that are going to be around you, giving you all the you know the pats on the back, you know the thumbs up, you know you're the best, you're the greatest, you know that's part of their job, okay? As as really good friends and family members, right? Like, like they're your cheerleaders. And I totally encourage this. You know, I encourage there to be cheerleaders in your creative life, in your writing life. You should, you should have those kinds of people around you. But the reality is that if you're really serious about your writing, if you're serious about publishing, eventually you're going to have to give your stuff over to people that you've never met before. Total strangers. They don't know you at all. Uh, they didn't go to elementary school with you. They don't know that you got, you know, A pluses on all the essays you wrote. They have no idea that you took uh, multitudes of writing courses in college. And they really don't care if you wrote satire before you started writing fiction and now your fiction is not as good as you thought it was. All right? Like, they don't care about that. And what your reader is looking for is, you know, to be entertained, to be drawn in, to be captivated by a great story. And again, this is me speaking from a fiction standpoint because that's what I write now. Uh, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that escape. They're looking for something, uh, and everybody's different, okay, too. I, I, I should probably mention that as well, is that I understand there's people out there with different tastes, but but really we do go to these things for a bit of an escape, maybe a challenge to learn more, things like that. And if you're not hitting on those cylinders, if you're not keeping people throughout the uh, the duration of the journey that you want to take them on, then guess what? Uh, you're not actually as great as you thought you were, right? You're not as, you're not the fantastical writer that you envisioned inside of your head. So keeping that in mind, uh, I wanted to do an episode specifically about criticism and feedback, because this is the one area that as a writer, I fear probably more than anything else. I mean, I fear success too, and that's a whole other episode I'd want to talk about uh, because of the, the responsibility and the burden that comes with it. But the idea of getting that really bad review that could just totally cut you off at the knees or maybe even higher is something I think that every single writer goes through. It's just sort of this apprehension that no matter what I put out there, I could edit this thing 50 times over, but there, there's that fear that somebody's going to just tear it to shreds. So so I put, I put myself uh, to work on this, and I kind of have over time developed a bit of a filter and a gauge in terms of what I'm looking for as a self-published author. So I wanted to share that with you guys. So so here's my my four bits of, of criticism that I that I that I see when uh, when I put my work out into the nether regions of the of the internets and then I get it back. So 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 level with me here as we go through this. So the first kind of feedback uh, that I've gotten before is what I call a positive positive experience. So it's a double positive. And the reason why it's that is because uh, it's that person that that loved your story. All right, they loved it. And not only did they love it, they finished reading it, but they're willing to tell others about what you've done, right? So they're looking to have a shared experience, not just an isolated one. They really enjoyed uh, whatever, you, whatever it was that you did, and now they're going to turn around and tell their friends about it. This is absolutely the space you want to be in 
if you want to be an accomplished writer. You want people talking about your work. You want them to be sharing it with other people. You want to have people that support you and look forward to the next work that you're that you're going to put out there. Now, again, granted, you may only have one book in you, you know, for your whole life, and that's fine. But you do want people to support you, and you want people to tell other people about what you've done. Okay, that should be a goal, especially in the age of social media. I mean, come on. I mean, the the ability to go viral, the ability to 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 sort of share um, information with one another uh, that is helpful and is pertinent. I mean, that goes right down to your creative endeavors too. And so uh, this is not something that I figured out right away, by the way. I mean, I, I was always kind of under the impression that if someone really enjoyed my work, they they were going to tell everybody just by default. Um, but uh, But again... This is the space that you want to inhabit more than anything else as an author. You want people to not only love your work, but you want you want them to tell other people about it and share it so they can have shared experiences. So that's number one. The second bit of, of feedback is, is just merely positive, okay? It's like a positive review. It's like a four or a three star, three out of five on, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or somewhere else. Uh, this is a person that probably enjoyed your work. Uh, you know, they're willing to rate it positively if you twist their arm a bit, maybe if you reach out to them directly. Uh, but they're only going to do it if you ask them if you ask them so. And they might do it, I guess, out of the goodness of their heart if they thought it was pretty good. Uh, but they're not really wowed per se by what you've by what you've done. They might have found some flaws in what you did, uh, and they're not rushing out to tell other people about it. But hey, they finished reading it or maybe they read through most of it. They liked it. Maybe they'll get back to it at some point. This is this is you know, this is still good, okay? This is still a good bit of feedback to get because it shows that at least you're in you're in a you're in the you're in the ballpark, you know, for someone that is interested at least in your work. All right. So so that's just merely positive. So now we're gonna start heading downhill. Okay, now we're now we're getting into the spaces that most writers just just want to pretend like it never happens to them. So the first one is obviously the negative review, the negative crit, uh, criticism that you get back. And this is the person who did not enjoy what you wrote, all right? They they may not have even finished it all the way. They might have been conflicted in their own ideology, maybe, if, you, if you're someone that was writing about philosophy and, and sort of deeper themes or universal themes like like I like to write in science, in science fiction and fiction. Uh, and so they're not only, you know, they may not tell other people about it, but if they are going to tell other people about it, they're going to talk about you negatively, okay? They're actually going to go out of their way to say, avoid this work at all cost. And and if anything, they might actually write to you personally and say, hey, this was so bad, I thought I should write you my own essay. And here are the reasons why I think you did a crap job and your work is garbage and you should totally start from scratch and just curl up in the fetal position uh, until you get another good idea. Okay, I mean that might be a bit of an extreme example, but uh, if you're another writer out there and you're listening to this, you might you might relate a bit. But but I don't call this a negative, positive uh, kind of filter or, or feedback because because let's face it, uh, if they don't like it the first time, they're not going to run around maybe the second time and give it a, a go, right? Uh, I mean, and I could be open to be uh, rebuked on this. So if you're listening and you think I'm incorrect on this next statement, but when it comes to art and when it comes to, to books, certain books, I really feel like you have one shot to really connect with your reader. Um, I just, I feel like there's that one opportunity to really hook them in and then keep them for the duration. 
And it could be time of life too. It could be, you know, they're just too busy that maybe they had to put it down. They just, you know, maybe they just weren't wowed by it, but they could be wowed by it if they had more time. I mean, I don't know, but but I, I just always try to remind myself that I have one shot to really impress somebody. I have one opportunity with whatever it is I'm writing to to just really get somebody interested and intrigued by where my story is going. And so I try to keep that in the back of my mind whenever I'm writing something. So so that's why I say this is just, you know, purely negative. You know, this is a negative review. So that's number three out of four. So you're probably wondering, okay, Josh, we've had really positive feedback, slightly positive, and then this negative review. What on earth could be worse than the person who wants to go out and keep people from reading your story? I will tell you what is worse than that, and that is the apathetic critic, okay? This is the person who has no response to your work whatsoever, all right? They're totally unmoved by it, okay? They, they're, they're not going to think to share it or even comment on it. Uh, they, they may not even finish reading it in some, in some regard. Uh, this is the person that, to me, or not the person, I should say, but the reviewer, that this is absolutely not where I want to be whatsoever. And the, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, if I'm writing something that's very close to my heart or I'm, I'm writing out of something that I have a deep passion about, and to have somebody just kind of turn around and go, meh, you know, to whatever it is, that can be extremely damaging, okay? That can be really damaging, demoralizing. It can, like, it can crush your creative bones in a split second. Um, so I'm not here to say that this will never happen to you, but I do want you to be prepared for it because there could be people out there that just totally go, yeah, I just wasn't interested, man. Like, I just... I just, I, I, I didn't want to read it. I just wasn't moved by it. I just thought it was kind of, you know, I don't even have thoughts on it. I don't even want to talk about it really because I just, I didn't like it. And I, and I was just disinterested. That can be, like I said, spirit crushing for a writer. And it doesn't necessarily give you any room for, for improvement either, which is the second reason why I think this is such a, a, a difficult space for a writer to navigate when you have responses like this because at least the negative reviewer is willing to give you some insight into why they didn't agree with it, why they didn't like it, and why they're willing to tell their people don't read it, okay? Because that can at least give you some insight into their reaction. I mean, the fact that they had a reaction to it is 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 great. I mean, again, even even negative criticism is, is a good thing. I mean, I just got done doing an interview with a gentleman named David Ramos, which I just love saying that last name. I love rolling that R. David, if, I know you're listening, man. Appreciate you letting me do that again. So, but, but he was telling me in an interview how there was a, I believe there was a, a reader who wrote him like a 3,000-word essay on why she disagreed with what he wrote. And this was like way back when he was first publishing, like years ago. And he goes, yeah, you know, I, I like printed it off and <laughs> I, I kept it as something to remind me that, you know, A, you're not going to please everybody, and, and B, you have work to do. You know, you you, you got to start rolling your sleeves up and, and get to work. And as I said before, when I started this, when I was a, a young boy, young man, I mean, uh, you know, relatively speaking, I thought that everything I did didn't stink. I thought that everything I did, because I got so much praise from teachers and from, uh, you know, professors or whoever it was, I thought that I was, uh, you know, I was going to make the next thorough right, or the, the next Stephen King or something like that, or next Tolkien or Lewis, 
because everything that I, I did was praised. It was highly praised. But the moment that I got negative criticism, that was harsh. That was hard to take. But I recognized, at least I was able to recognize that at least with a negative criticism, I can learn something from it. Doesn't mean I have to take it all in and and absorb it and say that that this is like the end all be all now that I have to accept this as being uh, you know what I'm supposed to do to rectify my own writing. But at least there's something I can work off, right? At least there's something I can work off of whenever I have someone who has a you know hard response to whatever it is I do. When someone's apathetic, you you have nothing to go on. You have absolutely nothing to to go off of what you've done. And, uh, you know, again, I just, I don't think this is a space as a, as an author that you want to be inhabiting. You want people to have a response to what you do. I mean, you want to, you want to see that your words matter. And, uh, I mean, just think of any really bad date you've ever had, or, or you've asked somebody out and they totally turned you down (laughs) and they did so in such an apathetic way that it just made you feel like you were, you were a nobody, right? I mean, as a, as a writer, as an author, I mean, if there's a, a reviewer or a reader that does that to you. Uh, it again, it, it just it, it hurts a lot. But as I'm about to say here in closing uh, to this episode, it's not the end of the world. Okay, it, it's it it's not the end all be all to your existence as a creative, as a writer, and all those other things. Because when you know the kinds of parameters of the things I just talked about, you know the things that you're looking for when it comes to criticism and feedback. You're you're looking for the real positives. You're looking for the people that want to share your work. You're also wading through the negatives and you're hoping that you don't get any apathetic readers. The best thing that you can do is to not pay attention to all the negative feedback. Okay. Uh, there's this really, uh, really good concept out there called the Pareto principle, where you basically want to cater to 80% of your audience because the idea is that you'll be successful if 80% of your audience is interested and is rooting for you. Those are the people that you should be writing for, not the 20% of the naysayers that, you know, wish you would stop writing or, or, they're, or they're trying to keep you from making it to the top 10 because they, they like their other author or who knows. But this is the thing you have to remember is that not all negative criticism and all negative feedback needs to be taken to heart and reshaped uh, or, or used as something to reshape the way that you write. All right, and this is a again, this is an area of discernment that you have to learn. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna learn as you go through uh, the process of, of publishing and and uh, you know putting more work out there. Uh, and secondly, you know, you should consider it a positive. Anyone finishes your work, if anyone finishes reading what you've done, I mean, I, if anyone takes up my my book and reads it rather quickly, I mean, there's a gentleman that I sold a book to uh, who had no idea that I was uh, an author. I'd been working with him for a long time. And he bought my book and he read it literally like in two weeks, which I think is pretty fast nowadays. I think two weeks is pretty quick to read a 370-page book. And he called me about it and was just kind of, you know, raving about it. And it was such an, again, an ego boost, but at the same time, it was a confidence booster for me. Put some wind in my sails because here was a person who was genuinely intrigued, interested, and wrote it to the very end very quickly and wanted to see where it was going. So anyone who finishes your work I think that's a positive because they've at least been hooked enough and you've stylized it, you've told a good story, uh, whatever it is that you might be writing about, and you had people or a person or multitudes of people finishing what you did from beginning to end. So that's definitely something that 
is is good to remember. And every time you get criticism, every time you get feedback, uh, as I've said before, and I, I really want to hit this home, it's all an opportunity to learn and grow as a writer or as an artist or a creative in general. Anytime someone is willing to give you their time to tell you what they thought, how they felt, or what how they made how you made them feel is is the way I wanted to say that. That's valuable. I mean, that's valuable information that you can take back with you to consider for next time. Uh, but uh, but again, I and uh, and I do want to you know as I, as I am wrapping this up, you know, it's you don't want to become a populist writer. Okay, you don't just want to write for the masses, obviously. But if there are certain you know things of grammar, word choice, or the way a story was done, or or whatever it is, any bit of feedback that you get can be valuable if you know what you're looking for. So uh, I'll have to leave that for another episode uh, because uh, my my time is is running up on this one. I don't want to go too long. So appreciate you sticking with me to the end, talking about feedback and criticism. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I do want to hear from you listeners. Uh, with regards to, I mean, what do you think about the scale of criticism and feedback? I mean, what's an experience that you had uh, with feedback or criticism that that totally derailed you or made you reconsider your vocation or or writing that passion project? Uh, because it happens. I mean, I've I've been to writing workshops or book signings where where people are there who want to write a book but they just haven't for like ten years or twelve years and and I and I get so. Uh, kind of amped up about it because I want to encourage this person to just sit down and make it happen because I think everybody has one good story in them. If not their own story, they have one good story to tell. But um, but yeah, you know, don't let that stop you. You know, don't let the negative comments stop you. Uh, you have an opportunity to learn from those and and to just grow and become better. So so thanks again, uh, you know, everyone for tuning in here on the Writer's Lens. I'll be back again next week uh, with another interview. I'll have a return guest on here uh, in the form of one Brian Del Turco, uh, who will be a returning guest from uh, from Jesus Smart and Substance TV. Brian does awesome work. He's a great communicator, so I'm looking forward to bringing him back on. I think he and I are going to have more discussions on here just because uh, he's a great ideator, and uh, I just like talking to him. I like talking to him like many of the other folks I've interviewed on here. So, so be on the lookout for some returnees coming here on the Writer's Lens over the next few weeks and in the months ahead. So again, appreciate the support. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And like I said, let me know what you thought about feedback or, or criticism. I'm asking for it. I'm now literally asking in an episode for feedback and criticism after giving you my own litmus test for it. So how about that? Here's your opportunity, guys. So, so all right. Well, I'll catch up with you guys again next week. This is Josh J.C.L. Felter for The Writer's Lens. Later. Later.